This is the Hockey Podcast Network, your home for hockey talk on every team in the NHL. Hello, hello, and welcome to episode 53 of the Tip of the Iceberg. My name is Nick Berlansky, and we are currently in week four of the hockey hiatus due to coronavirus, a.k.a. COVID-19, and there's only one person to blame, Horwat. And we tried this once, and it didn't go through. Let's try it again. It's Carol freaking Baskin. Oh, so you have been watching the Tiger King. Oh, yes. I, f- I finished it. It took me about two days to finish it. <laughs> It makes sense. It's not a ton of episodes. No, and if you get interested enough and you have enough time, which all of us do because of the coronavirus quarantine, I guess is what it's called, you can get through stuff pretty easily, and I'm on the Bates Motel, but Tiger King was crazy. Oh, you're going to love Bates Motel then. I'm already Bates Motel was two seasons one of my in. favorites. Absolutely. <laughs> so what do you think of Tiger King? I think you said earlier that you've only watched a couple episodes. Yeah, only a couple episodes in, and I haven't found the greatest interest in it yet, but... It hasn't gotten good yet, I guess. Oh, you just wait. I think the episode three will be pretty interesting. Yeah, I think you're going to like three. And then I think episode five is where it gets real crazy. So we'll have to reconvene after you've watched it all. And we'll, we'll discuss it a little bit on, on the beginning of another episode. All right. I like that idea, too. Um, <laughs> I also left a fire to be here. So I smell like a fire. And fortunately for them, they, they, they can't really smell through the headphones. But thank you for gracing me with your presence. I, I'm very proud to say that you left a bonfire to talk hockey with me, Horwat. Yeah, it's going to be a good time. I accidentally hit the mute button. So we're going to be uh, on all kinds of obstacles today. <laughs> well, the first thing we're going to talk about is going to be the best games of the 2019-20 season, whether that be Pens games or league-wide. We'll do each of those. And then a little bit later, we're going to do our final first-round matchups for the March of the Penguins Madness Tournament. And we actually have a tentative schedule on how the end of this tournament is going to go so a little bit of a timeline probably the first timeline you're going to hear of anything yeah, during this coronavirus outbreak yeah for it's something we'll need the nice timeline looking for that for the nhl but we're going to get started right now with the best games of this past season Horat, what do you think was the best pittsburgh penguins game during the 2019-20 season off the cuff i'm just thinking that there are two important comeback games that we've had that i can remember the boston bruins one where we won in overtime with none other than Jack Johnson tying the damn game. That wasn't an overtime. We won that in regulation 4-3. Oh, we won that in regulation? Yeah. Oh, I thought it was overtime for some reason. But it feels like it was an overtime win because it probably should have been. But that comeback, I'm also thinking of the slugfest that was against the Vancouver Canucks at home. On Thanksgiving. Yes. The night before Thanksgiving, the Thanksgiving showdown <laughs> was insane. Featuring, you know... Chris Letang scoring that goal was ridiculous. I think that looked like it was the loudest pop of PPG this season. Uh, and being there for it was all the better because we didn't know what was happening exactly whenever we started losing by a lot. <laughs> Seeing the goalies get switched and then um, just watching the madness ensue after that was incredible. Um, I have a quick guest spot on this one because Megan uh, wants to give an answer if she wouldn't mind, if you don't mind as well. Yeah, go for it. Colorado Avalanche, Brandon Tanev, overtime. Best game I was at this season. And there you have it. Yeah, I actually had that one on my list too, that 3-2 to two overtime slugfest. Nathan McKinnon getting injured kind of sucked, 
I mean, he played the rest of the game, but him getting hit early on in that game, he kind of slowed down because at the beginning of that game, it was him and Crosby going at it on the ice for the entire first period. It was crazy. So, unfortunately, he got hurt, but that was, the I think, the first time people in Pittsburgh really understood how important Brandon Tanev was going to be to this team. What do you think about that, Horwat? It was absolutely the first time they noticed it because before then, he hadn't, he hadn't done much. Um, and it took until that overtime goal, his first goal, the Penguin, to really cement it. And he started his heater immediately after. Before then, it was a little bit of a slow start, but I feel like that's you know going to happen with everyone getting acclimated to a new team. Um, but you know, immediately after, he goes on this kind of run where you're like, he's going to be you know an important piece to this team going forward, even if he is a bottom line winger that may be getting a little too much money, but he eventually found himself being worth you know every dime of it so far. Yeah, and the big thing for him, and a lot of us now know it, being, what, 85% of the way through the season when the season stopped, we knew that he wasn't bringing pure scoring ability to the Penguins, but it was everything that he does other than scoring that made him so important to this team this season. And that was just an example of it. That avalanche game, he was flying all over the place. That entire beginning of the season, he was flying all over the place. I recently watched the highlights from the first game of the season against Buffalo, he started on the second line with Malkin. Yeah, I don't remember that. I mean, I, we knew he was going to be bumped up and down because that's just what, you know, our team does. We bump our players up and down the lineup like nobody's business. But he's worked everywhere he's been so far, so you can't fault him for any of that. Yeah, think and about the fact that that second – sorry, I didn't mean to cut you off, but think about for a second that that second line on opening night was Evgeny Malkin flanked by Brandon Tanev and Alex Galchenyuk. <laughs> That's talk about a team changing. Yeah, on paper though, you figure Galchenyuk not bad. You can't argue with it because it's other than the season, it is Alex Galchenyuk who's guaranteed at least twenty goals at some point, right? But I mean, um, you would think so. Yeah, I mean, what we saw with this season brought for him clearly not the best. And like I said, you know, Cahoon would come up and take I almost said Simone take Tanev's spot on that wing, but alongside Malkin. But strange things happen on this team. We'll put not necessarily no names, but we'll put these guys you don't expect to be top two-line guys with our stars, and they turn out to blossom, which is kind of what Malkin and Crosby are here for. You said it perfectly there, and somebody else that we had failed to mention is that happened, Tanev being on the first, or excuse me, second line, happened because Brian Russ going down right before the beginning of the season, which sucked, but now you look at it, and the Penguins seem to have their lineup all figured out, at least if and or when they come back from this hiatus trying to set up for the playoffs. When they do that, there's going to be a lot of other opponents that are pretty good. What game stood out to you for the rest of the league that was one of the better games of the season? I can't think of any right now, actually, because I'm not – because not, just none are coming to my head. I haven't watched too many league games, so um, okay. you give your answer. I'm going to defer my answer to Megan, actually, because I just can't come up with anything. I actually have – I think it, it it's kind of a triple header slash a four-game tie. Go because for there were a lot of really good games this season, and I think you can't really talk about the best matchups of the 2019-20 season if you're not talking about Flames-Oilers, if you're not talking about the Battle of Alberta. And the one that I specifically look at is the second matchup, the first one after the Kachuk-Cassian crap went down. That mm-hmm. matchup, when they were fighting, I think Kachuk and Cassian fought twice in that game, went into a shootout, which usually I don't like shootouts. But that gave us the amazing moment of big save Dave, Dave Riddich with the bat flip 
after shutting, well, quote unquote, shutting down Connor McDavid. McDavid just kind of lost it off his stick. It was a poke check. But that was a great game. The Rangers and the Capitals, when Zibanejad scored five goals, oh, yeah. that was ridiculous because not only did Mika Zibanejad score five goals, it was a six to five game. <laughs> and you have to think about the fact that it was tied with three minutes left. Zibanejad scores, and then Ovechkin down on the other end, just dagger in MSG, ties the game up. That was a great game. And then the other two I'm thinking are two of the same teams matching up. Maple Leafs, Hurricanes, both took place in Toronto. You have the E-Bug game, which obviously we've talked oh, at nauseum yeah. about. But you also have the game that was a 2 o'clock start time, and it was 8-6 to six, the Maple Leafs won. There were two times where there were three goals scored within, I believe, like a three-minute span. So those four games are the ones that, when I look throughout the league during the season, if I'm not talking about Penns games, those are the games that were ridiculously fun to watch. Yeah, before I defer my answer to Megan, I'm going to – jump in and say i completely forgot about um the david Ayers story i don't know how i forgot it but that probably would be my top answer but just because of you know i remember when you know Ayers went in in the second period i'm thinking there's it's the second period he has to play an entire third against you know a maple leafs team who can just rifle it and then i saw that he wasn't giving up goals and mm-hmm. I was blown away by it. So just the story to come out of that and see how far it went and just to see what it did for the league for the most part, gave the league a ton of notoriety, whether you know people say it was good or bad, it was still something. And I completely forgot about the game, especially the way he was able, him and the Hurricanes were able to shut down the Maple Leafs. And he's ran with it too, on especially yeah. on social media. Did you see the video of him? That he said, this is what it's like to try to stop a puck by Austin Matthews. And his wife had a Nerf gun. And was he was in, like, leg pads on and his blocker and stuff. She was shooting a Nerf gun at him. No, I haven't seen any of that. But you that should look it funny. up. It's pretty funny. I will. But, um, Megan, what was your uh, game of the season lead-wide so far? So when Berlansky asked, I looked at Nick and whispered, Leafs Canes and he looked at me super confused um as a Leafs fan sorry I know this is like a Penguins podcast uh definitely wasn't the best game for us but easily I think it was the most memorable just because of like the publicity that the Canes got and how they treated the backup goalie um not even the backup goalie the emergency backup goalie after that I think it was the most memorable game the both of those matchups Leafs Canes they match up so well too the Absolutely. way that those two teams are built, they match up so well. And it, it right down to the fact that they both have a questionable defense. Literally all of it. It's just a great matchup between those two. And both of those things, the matchups that I looked at happened in Toronto, which it's even more fun because one of the best goal songs in the league. No, it's not. Stop. <laughs> Stop where you are. Oh, yes, it is. Even Steve Mears doesn't like it. Well, that's, that's fine. Everybody has their opinion. My opinion is it's, it's an outside-the-box and inventive goal song. I, I like it. My opinion is, too, is that it's not that okay. great. It can be outside the box all at once. I don't like it. Before we wrap this up, I had a couple extra Pens games that I wanted to talk to you about a little bit as said to be possibly one of the best games of the season. Pens caps on Super Bowl Sunday, the one we actually won, was a fantastic right. game. We had the lead, and the third period we played like crap, but we held on to the game. That was good. I enjoyed it, mainly because it's Pat- Pens caps is the big reason that it's going to stick in the back of our minds. But Pens Islanders is the one I think is actually the best Pens game of the season. It was the first matchup that we played them at the Barclays Center. They had the 10-game win streak going, and we were down 3 
to, I believe, nothing going into the third period. It's one of the other comebacks. And then, of course, three goals in the third, tied it up. And then in overtime, Brian Rust pots it behind. I believe that was Semyon Varlamov at the time. And the Pens ended the Islanders' win streak, which was amazing. And a little bit of retribution for last year's playoffs. A little bit. We would have loved to have gotten more, but hey, it happens. It happens. This never happens. But hey, unprecedented times, I guess. Yeah, I forgot about those games too. I think I'm just my memory isn't all that great. But I can also remember um, whenever you say them, I'll remember Brandon Tanev and the game-winning goal in that Capitals game you mentioned as well. Mm-hmm. I said he was made for that rivalry, which he is. It's just we're not getting it all this year. It seems. I'm sure we'll be talking about things that have happened this season at nauseum in other episodes as well. We're going to take a quick break, but when we return, we will discuss the first round matchups in the Penguins' voices and characters region. It's going to be an interesting one, so we'll be right back. This episode of The Tip of the Iceberg is brought to you by Manscaped, the best in men's below-the-belt grooming, offering precision-engineered tools for your family jewels. Got a crazy bush? I may not be a contractor, but even I know that if you trim your hedges, your tree stands taller. This is why Manscaped has redesigned the electric trimmer. Millions of balls are about to be nick-free thanks to Manscaped's new and improved Lawnmower 3.0, featuring advanced skin-safe technology to keep your soldier polished and cut-free. If you're like me and like to handle this kind of business in the shower, the Lawnmower 3.0 is waterproof and features an LED light, so even guys as blind as I am can see what they're doing. If you are listening to me, you are one of the first people to hear about this life-changing product, and you too can experience it firsthand. Get 20% off and free shipping with the code THPN at manscaped.com. Again, that's code THPN for 20% off and free shipping at manscaped.com. Trust me, your balls will thank you. You're listening to the Hockey Podcast Network on Twitter at HockeyPodNet. New episodes every Monday and Thursday. Download at thehockeypodcastnetwork.com or wherever you get your podcasts from. Welcome back to the Tip of the Iceberg podcast brought to you by the Hockey Podcast Network. My name is Nick Berlansky, and I am joined, as always, by my fantastic co-host, Nicholas J. Horwat, the maestro of music, the guy that's trying to have me send in musical <laughs> suggestions. You should have known that was going to backfire. Come on, man. I was thinking you'd have something to give. I didn't see that one coming. Uh-huh. <laughs> Uh, I had a couple up my sleeve, but I was like, you know what? What's the best song I've heard in a while? And it is definitely I Saw a Tiger by Joe Exotic. Fair. I I was at least (laughs) expecting maybe uh, Shiny Teeth by Chip Skylark, but you really threw a curveball. Yeah. Listen, I like to keep them on their toes. Got to stay on your toes with me, man. Absolutely. Or even the Monsters, Inc. theme song. But you really just said, here, have this one. It's trending. It's new. And have at it. That better be on the the playlist next week or I'm going to riot. But... Let's get into our next segment. It is the March of the Penguins Madness. This is the fourth installment of the March of the Penguins Madness. I said earlier we do have a semi-schedule set up. We are going to have the voting for this starting today on Monday, and it's going to run through Wednesday. And then we're going to go straight in. We're going to go straight into round round of 32 voting. The voting for that is going to be from Wednesday to Friday. And then the round of 16, the Sweet 16, is going to be from Friday to Sunday. So the next time we convene, Horwat. We're going to have eight players or people left. So it's going to be interesting. That'll be fun, yeah. We'll want to be able to talk about it as much, but hey, that's, you know, 
probably makes sense. If anybody wants to hear it, just you know, go back to the episodes. You can find them. Exactly. They're there. Episode and, 50 hey. through 53, and you'll hear us talk about every single one of the competitors. Absolutely. And then, hey, more listens on those episodes, too. That's what we like to see. You know I'm talking about that. But let's first, before we get into this Voices and Characters regions, let's discuss the results, because they were very interesting for round yeah. one of the personnel region. I'm kind of disappointed in the Pens fans here. Just oh, a little bit. What the, Wait, whoa, whoa, what happened? So Mark Recchi, the 16th seed, we had a lot of upsets. Let me say, I did say I thought we might get some upsets. We had a lot of upsets in this this region. Mark Recchi beats Badger Bob Johnson 54-46, to 46, and I'm not sure I understand that, Pens fans, but you know what? We give you guys your voice, and this is what you voted, and I will go with it, and I abide by it, but I don't know. I think I think Troll sent his demons on us. <laughs> He's sick. Though. I have no other... <laughs> no other way of knowing how this is going to work like that. Let me just I... keep reading through yeah. it. Nine-seed Rick Tockett defeated eight-seed Ron Burkle, 77-23. to 23. That kind of makes sense. Yep. The four-seed Mike Sullivan, who I think is now the favorite in the personnel region, by the way. Probably. <laughs> he took down Scotty Bowman, 69, nice, to 31. <laughs> The 12 seeded Dan Bilesma defeated the fifth seed Jim Rutherford and his Fiji Water 57 to 43. Six seed Ray Shiro took care of the 11 seed, the founder Jack McGregor 73 to 27. Michelle Tarian, who 14 seeded Michelle Tarian, he bullied his way past Eddie Johnson, the third seed. He won at 64 to 36. Bill Guerin at the 10 seed, I, a lot of love for Bill Guerin. I see that going on. He beat David Morehouse 87 to 13. And now I need to deliberate with you because this is how this happened. The two seeded Craig Patrick tied the 15 seed Eddie Olchek 50 50. How are we going to decide this? Honestly, here's what I have to say about it. We gave the people their voice, and they put Recky over Bob Johnson. I say, screw their voice. We are putting in Craig Patrick because he's the one that deserves it. <laughs> listen, listen. Don't screw their voice. Those are our listeners, man. Come on. Be a little more gracious. They voted on our poll. But I do disagree with them when the fact that Mark Recky should not ever be voted above Badger Bob Johnson in, in, in mainly anything except for possibly hockey skill. Exactly. And but, running a power play into the ground. But that's neither here nor there. And I'm not saying screw their voice. I'm saying you were wrong with your voice on one of them. And we would like to be compensated for it. So you say Craig Patrick. I'm saying Craig Patrick. You know, I'm sorry, Eddie O. But when it comes to your Penguins career, you played, what, two seasons? You coached a season and a half. Terrible season and a half. Craig Patrick drafted Sidney Crosby. I'm, I'm, I'm go- <laughs> GM'd two cups and the Miracle on Ice team. I think that's enough. Yeah, I think that's that kind of speaks for itself. So that, that's what we're going to do. Two-seeded Craig Patrick gets the overtime winner against 15-seeded Ed Olchek. That's what we'll do. Yeah, abs- and absolutely. If there's another you know, 50-50 split, I'm all about having a good deliberation and actually trying to decide a winner on it. But this one, there's just no taking that back. I'm sorry. <laughs> Yeah, if it was an eight versus nine seed, we'd probably put out a second round of voting or something like that. And and also, if you haven't followed us yet, we are also on Instagram now. We're going to have those polls up on Instagram. So multiple places to vote now, Instagram and Twitter. So look for that at Iceberg Podcast on both. But let's get into the voices and characters, shall we? Let's do it. The final region, the final 16 contestants that we have not talked about. The first one I'll lead off is Armdog. Colby Armstrong, a 16 seed, getting into here because of his 
media presence. He's a former first-round pick of the Pittsburgh Penguins in 2001. A lot of people forget that. Armdog was a first-rounder. He played three and a half seasons with the Wilkes-Barre Scranton Penguins, two and a half seasons with the Pittsburgh Penguins, and he was in the organization from around 2002 to 2008. And then after that, of course, his personality was shown to the world, I guess I'll say. He has a career in media. He is high up in the career in media. Not only does he do the intermission report and the pregame and postgame stuff for the Pittsburgh Penguins, he also has regular appearances on NHL Network and Sportsnet. So Arm Dog really getting his name out there, really showing his personality, and really showing mm-hmm. how much everybody loves him because everybody jokes with him on the network, on Sportsnet, on Penn's TV. So... Colby Armstrong, I think, a strong 16 seed in here. And who's he taking on, Horwat? He's taking on the one seed, Iceberg, who, uh, again, I will defer my talking to Megan, who Megan will have more to say on Iceberg than I will, probably. Ooh. I love Iceberg. I don't I don't really know what you want me to say. Um, Iceberg. you have in front of you. He's the only reason I go to games. Um, no, I'm totally kidding. Um, he debuted in the 1991-92 NHL season. He's also a movie star. And... Yeah, he was in Sudden Death with Jean-Claude Van Damme. He was known as Icy in it, though, not Iceberg. I love him. Okay, I didn't realize it was th- that long ago, but I feel like... When did Sudden Death come out? Do you have that note in front of you? 1995. 95, okay. Iceberg was fairly new and immediately was given a movie role with Jean-Claude Van Damme and Luke Robitaille. Read my article that I just put out. I will plug it later, I'm sure. I'm sure. <laughs> um, probably one of the most out-there, fun mascots in the league, aside from Gritty, clearly. Listen. Screw him, though. Let, let's face it. He's the second best mascot in Penguins history. Oh, we'll get to that, my friend. We will get to that, but he is the second best mascot Absolutely. in Penguins history. He is Iceberg. He is the one and only Iceberg right now. And, hey, you can play with him in a video game. But we're going to move on fast now to two more icons that graced uh, Civic Arena and Mellon Arena for a long, long, long time. It was the number eight seed John Barbro versus the number nine seed Vince Lashide. Barbara was the PA announcer, which you'll talk about, but I'm going to take Vince Lashide, who, outside of Penguin history, was also a lot in Pittsburgh Pirate history. His organ can still be heard at PNC Park to this day. Recordings of it. He was the organist for the Pirates and Penguins from the 60s to to, till his death in 2009. He meant a lot to the crowd that would come in and out of those arenas and stadiums, and was finally inducted into the Penguins Hall of Fame in 2003 shortly after it and he's known as the sounds of these two teams for this for the city i'm sure that that specific sound that that organ has at pnc park is always just in my memory i'll hear it forever um, and i'll never forget it even if pnc park or a new stadium someday who knows changes it it'll it, they shouldn't but it's something that vince lashide made his own and um, will be with pittsburgh forever no offense to Vince Lashide, and he is a fantastic pillar in Pittsburgh sports history, and the job he did with his organ was amazing. But John Barbro literally spent his entire last, what, four decades of his life being the voice of the Pittsburgh Penguins in Mellon, inside Mellon Arena. He was the PA announcer, as you mentioned. He started in 1973, so the sixth season that the Pittsburgh Penguins were an NHL team. John Barbaro became their PA announcer, and he worked as their PA announcer up and through the 2009 season, right after Sidney Crosby won his first cup. And the only reason that he stopped being the PA announcer and Ryan Mill was able to step in, and he's done a fantastic job, but 
The only reason that Barbaro stopped doing it was because he was medically unable to. So this man literally, for 37 years, was the PA announcer for the Pittsburgh Penguins. And the only reason he stopped doing it is because he was medically unable to keep doing it. Unfortunately, mm -hmm. he died later that year due to the brain tumor. That is the reason that he stopped being the PA announcer. So rest in peace to John Barbaro. He was a fantastic PA announcer. I still... To this day, remember his goal calls for Sidney Crosby ringing throughout the Mellon Arena. It was the first time that I had ever really gone to a game and and really had that atmosphere, was listening to John Barbaro do the goal calls at the Mellon Arena. So he is our eight seed, and he deserves a tremendous amount of, amount of respect, and I'm sure the voters are going to give him his due. The thing with John Barbaro, too, is he mentioned before in an interview a long time ago that his bucket list part of his job would to be to announce the Stanley Cup win or lose he wanted to announce that the Stanley Cup was on Mellon Arena ice or Sipic Arena ice and he got to do it in 2008 shortly before his retirement you know obviously it was the losing the Penguins were losing in it to the Detroit Red Wings but it was cool I was lucky enough to be in the building that night to know that Barbara was able to achieve his dream of announcing that the Stanley Cup was being lifted in a way in Pittsburgh and I, and I, you know, nothing against Barbro. He, another voice that I'll hear forever, but the fact that LaShad was able to make his way into two sports in this city, I think, is a little edge. Yeah, it might give him a little bit of the edge for the people that are also Pirates fans, if any of those exist anymore. But <laughs> we'll have to see how the voters vote with them. Moving on to the next matchup, I'll take the first one, and it is 13 seed Selena Pompiani. I know there's a little bit of what's the word I'm looking for. There was a little bit of an uproar whenever it was Selena Pompiani instead of Bob Pompiani that got into this tournament. But of course, Selena Pompiani <laughs> is the 13th seed because she works with the Pittsburgh Penguins a lot more closely than Bob does. She went to Point Park like we did. So a little props there to a fellow alumni in Selena Pompiani. She is the in-game host and the host of Penn TV, and she has been so since 2014. She's even won an Emmy for her work with Penn's TV. So... That is something that is really good on her, and I think there's a reason that she's going to be tough to beat in this tournament. Selena will be taking on none other than Dan Potash, everyone's favorite Dan. What I mean, you can't watch a Penguin game at home without seeing Dan Potash grace your screen every intermission. And he's had his name in some of the most, not famous, but some of the most popular parts of Penguin, you know, off-ice history. You know, all the antics he had with, uh, I can't with Pascal Dupuis. Because everyone still says thanks, Dan, to this day. Flurry always messing with him when he comes back into town. That damn ugly sweater that he wore of Jake Gensel's face um, this past season. Dan Potash is just one of the best faces we have in Penguins TV. And he does pirate games on occasion. I don't believe it's often because that's some... I can't remember his name now. Only when Robbie Ikemikowski can't get there. Ikemikowski, that's his name, yeah. But Potash is, you know, every now and again at a pirate game. He joined the Penguins in 2000 and has been around ever since. I didn't realize it was that long. Mm -hmm. But um, 20 years with the team is very impressive. You know, he's not a local guy. But nonetheless, he has been around long enough that he has pretty much cemented himself as Pittsburgh's own. And even now, he's got Dan Cam going on on Twitter during this little hiatus we're on. Yeah, who would think that a boy from San Diego, sunny San Diego, would capture the hearts of the Pittsburgh media? He was actually the first person in the Pittsburgh media to meet Sidney Crosby. See that? Oh, yeah, that's right. I do remember that now. By accident, way before Crosby was even drafted, but he sat next to Sid on, on a plane. I don't remember exactly where they were going to, but 
Somebody else that is a part of that broadcast team is Bob Airy, and I know you wanted to talk a little bit about Airy, too. Absolutely, yeah, Bob Airy. Um, Before he became a broadcaster, the color commentator with FSN, Root Sports, AT&T, Sportsnet, all of those great things, he was a player. He played for the Penguins for 10 whole seasons, playing 572 games. I'm not going to mention its scoring stats because that doesn't matter. He he racked up 651 penalty minutes with this team. Think he know what he was here for? Actually, he you know wasn't bad offensively. Two hundred seventy-two points in those games with Pittsburgh. He ended up going on to be a captain of the young San Jose Sharks team. Joined the media team shortly thereafter his retirement and all that. Played some NHL on the fly with NHL Network. No seven. He's got between the benches every home game, interviewing every coach, every player that he can. Obviously up in the booth for away games, but he is, you know, he was Steige's partner for a long time. You can't listen to an old broadcast without hearing Bob Barry's famous Steige, or however he would like to put it. But it was it's fun times having Bob Barry around. He may not be the brightest, the smartest, but every team's got the former player in there, right? Even the Arizona Coyotes have Biz Nasty in there. So you got you got to get the former player to be the color analyst, and it is the old guard in this matchup versus the yeah. new guard. Josh Getzoff, apart from having one of the most tragic names in sports media, has one of the hardest jobs in the world, in my opinion. Being the heir apparent to Mike Lang is the most stressful, has to be the most stressful thing in the world. Yeah, it absolutely has to be. It's, you know, plus only doing away games. You don't get any home cooking. It's all on the road. I mean, I don't think he. I don't think he'd be upset because that is a position that a lot of young broadcasters. I mean, personally, I'm envious because being the heir apparent to Mike Lang would it would be something that I would dream of. But absolutely, for him, and yeah. And there's nothing against it, but I'm just saying it's just you know. I mean, he does his home stuff. He does have his stuff at home games, but you know, he. I'm sure he wants to one day, and I'm sure he will one day have a home game call over the radio. Yeah, I'm sure they're just waiting. For Mike Lang, whenever it suits him, because Mike Lang is calling his own shots right now. Absolutely. Is whatever Mike Lang, if Mike Lang decides he wants to go back out on the road, and we're going to talk about him a little bit later, if he decides that he wants to go back out on the road and be full time, well, I'm sorry, Josh Getzoff, you just lost your job. So, it it, it is going to be tough for him being the heir apparent to somebody that is so legendary, 45 plus years with the Pittsburgh Penguins. But I think Getzoff does a really good job on the away games, and he's he's really integrated himself into the Penguins radio booth and he also feeds off of somebody else we're going to talk about a little bit later phil borg really well but before we continue i do want to talk to you guys a little bit about cool hockey you might have seen our little unboxing video last week on our tip of the iceberg podcast page but get ready for another one too exactly get ready for another one but do you wish you had a better collection of cool jerseys always if so we have a great deal for you courtesy of cool hockey and the hockey podcast network for a limited time, if you purchase a jersey on coolhockey.com slash THPN and enter the code THPN at checkout, not only will you get 30% off your jersey order, but you will also be entered for a chance to win 31 free NHL jerseys. That's one from every team. That is a ridiculous deal that you would be stupid not to take advantage of. Now, if you don't like jerseys, then fine. Ignore what I'm saying. But if you want to get a better collection of jerseys, this is the best and easiest way to do so. Again, that's coolhockey.com slash THPN using promo code THPN for 30% off and a chance at 31 free jerseys. Don't miss out on this opportunity to severely improve 
your jersey game. Now, what I did last week when I unboxed was a mystery box. That, unfortunately, doesn't count for the 30% off because it is a clearance item. So if you do if you do that, it's a clearance item. It doesn't count for 30% off. It's a cheap official jersey. Not cheap, I guess I should say, but it is a discounted official jersey, and it's fun. It is absolutely random. Me and Megan are excited to see what ours is going to be. Yeah, it was really awesome. I was not expecting an all-star jersey. I was very oh, that surprised. Was really cool, yeah. I was very surprised when it was an all-star jersey, but I was happy it was Austin Matthews. As long as it wasn't Claude Giroux, I was happy. <laughs> exactly. But let us continue with the March of the Penguins Madness. We have eight more contestants to introduce you to. First and foremost, we mentioned him a little bit earlier. He's the old two-niner. He's the, the six-seater. He is the color analyst for the Pittsburgh Penguins radio network. I am currently holding his book in my hands. If Ooh. these walls could talk, I'm excited to read this. I'm waiting till the season starts back up to read this because Doug Gladkey, friend of the show, did tell me if I read this, I'm going to be ready to run through a wall. So I'm going to try to save this Good. for right as the season comes back for playoffs. But what I'm reading right now is Tales with, or not Tales with TR. That is a that is a podcast on the Hockey Podcast Network. What I'm reading right now is Tales of a First Round Nothing from Terry Ryan. So far, pretty good, so go check that out. But we're talking about Phil Bork. Great radio personality. Obviously, great personality as a whole. He was a great player for the Pittsburgh Penguins, and now he's doing it in the broadcast booth. He's probably one of the best color analyst, in my opinion, in the league right now. There's a reason he's a six seed. He is a powerhouse in the media industry. Everybody loves Borky, the old two-niner, and he makes a fantastic partner and great give and take with both Mike Lang and Josh Getzoff. So who's he taking on, Horwat? He's taking on the new TV guy, the new TV play-by-play guy who took over for Paul Steiger. Well, good old Steve Mears, who I can remember – you know, year, a couple years before he joined the Penguins organization and team, that he was on NHL Network doing playoff coverage, doing I forget though he did the NHL now with EJ Craddock. Yes, that too. But the one is escaping me. There's a specific one with the kids. I don't know why. Why can't I think of it? World Juniors. I can mm. specifically remember him doing World Juniors coverage. I don't know why that escapes me specifically, but I can vividly remember him doing World Juniors coverage in about 2012, 2013. 2017 he finally came home his Murraysville native came home to join his Pittsburgh Penguins doing TV play-by-play whenever the Penguins decided to move not necessarily fire but move Paul Steigerwald into a new position of whatever he does now we'll be getting to that <laughs> Steve Mears he's a getting his name in a lot of in a lot of public states now it's in all of the commercials now he's got some good calls under his belt he's ready to really take this team be the voice of this team on tv for a good long while now we already mentioned josh Getzoff, who is taking over the mantle for mike lang steve mears taking over the mantle for paul steigerwald who is historic in his own right and we'll get to him he's a couple more matchups down but the next matchup i'll let you start on this matchup the three seed versus the 14 seed you got the 14 seed ryan mill let's hear what you got on him ryan mill the new pa announcer not new i guess he's been around for a little while now he's about a decade placed yeah, man, time flies. But, you know, he's the one that replaced the legend John Barbaro whenever he, you know, started suffering from his situation. But Mill, you know, Pittsburgh guy who now lives in Cranberry, made his made his debut in 2012. 2009, my fault. Made his debut in 2009. I think, I don't know if I was at that game that I can remember. I was at one of his first games that he did. Um, I can I don't know why I remember this, but I can remember being like just taking a bathroom break as a child, as I do, <laughs> and just someone else was you know in the bathroom talking with his buddy. 
Who's this new guy over the PA? I don't like him. He's a little loud and, you know, very extra, which is something that Pittsburgh fans have come to love about Ryan Mill. He is not just your, you know, classy, just saying what's happening with a little extra. Ryan Mill is always all about the fanatics and the being, you know, making it fun for everyone involved, getting everyone involved as always. Another thing, too, I can remember was the last home game of the 2017 season, which the last home game of the playoffs. It was the Stanley Cup final game five where the Penguins had that blowout against the Predators. Predators. I can remember as me and my buddy Matt were walking out of this, walking away from our seats, I can remember Ryan Mills doing his, you know, his old good night, drive safe, you know, come back for the next game. He got to the come to the ne- come back to the next game part where he said, "Oh, there might not be a next game. Come back over the summer for a concert or circus or something." <laughs> so Ryan Mill, he likes keeping it fun, and I will. It's something that really you know intrigued me about him. Whenever he said that, I can viv- I can remember being like, "PA announcers don't get enough credit that they deserve, especially the ones in these iconic arenas." Like I couldn't tell you who the PA announcer is at MSG. It'd be cool to know because I'm sure he's been doing it for a while. Maybe or he's new, but I'm sure there's some legendary names that have done some PA announcing for these air for these arenas. But Ryan Mill, in my opinion, is one of the better ones right now. He's no John Barbro, and I can't remember the dude from PNC's name, but I like him a lot too. But he's a Pittsburgh. He's one of the guys from Pittsburgh. You gotta like him. He's the voice of you know the in arena life at PPG Paints Arena. And while his call of Sidney Crosby is pretty iconic, he has no chance. Absolutely. And <laughs> while Badger Bob might have lost in the last round, and it was kind of a travesty, if this gentleman loses, the entire tournament is being debunked. If this guy gets taken out in the first round, really, th- it is done. It is done. We're, we're done. We're cut and dry, finishing it off, because not only is he the reason that I'm probably speaking to you today as anything close to a member of the media, he is a Hall of Famer. He is the reason that the 700 level in PPG Paints Arena is now named after him. His name is Mike Lang, and he is one of the, if not the, most iconic hockey announcers of all time. He is the author of some of the most wonderfully outrageous goal calls in sports history. And if you don't know what I'm talking about, look it up online. Whether it's he beats him like a Renan mule, whether it's buying Sam a drink and get his dong one too. Or if he's making a milkshake with Malkin, he is wonderfully ridiculous. It is amazing how crazy his goal calls are. And his longevity also speaks to that 45-plus seasons as the Pens play-by-play announcer. That's split up between being the TV announcer and now being the radio announcer. And like I said, the 700 level as of later earlier this season in PPG Paints Arena is now called the Mike Lang Media Level. Like I said, he is one of the influences of me to get into sports media he is a hall of famer he's one of the greatest of all time it's kind of a slap in the face that he's a three seed i'm not sure why he's a three seed i can explain that one in a minute okay well we'll get to that i think he should always be the one seed he is the one seed in my brain and he is definitely the one seed in a lot of people's brains he is mike lang he is amazing and i can only one day hope to have the impact or at least a modicum of the impact that he has had on the Pittsburgh Penguins in the city of Pittsburgh. I love the guy. If I could vote for him a hundred times, I would. So please get out there. I haven't, I haven't pleaded with our fans and our listeners yet to vote for anybody, but I, I beg of you 
this should be a hundred to nothing. No offense to Ryan Mill, but Mike Lang is a legend and he should not be conceding anything. After seeing what our fans did to Bob Johnson, I'd be pleading for that too. But no, Mike <laughs> Lang is only a number three because of two reasons. One, whenever we threw this option into our network Slack chat, you guys can blame um, Tom Franklin, who said if Mark Madden is not num- a number one seed. <laughs> so we couldn't do that exactly because lovely Megan here wanted Iceberg to be the number one seed. Boo. So I said, so I said, okay, I'll do that one. Iceberg was number one, and we'll get to it. Mark Madden ended up being a number two seed. So Mike Lang stuck at number three. Let's be real, though. For the most part, seedings don't mean much. It's all about who they're going up against. Um, and that'll continue with you know our next one, which is seven, Paul Staggerwald versus number 10, Jake Caulfield, who in his NHL playing career, we know Jake Caulfield now as the Pause tri- it right uh, here. Oh, pa- pause. <laughs> all right, let it go. My dad's favorite, Jay Caulfield, who was actually at that fire, which was that he was actually just ripping into Jay Caulfield about all that. But in he played for played with the Penguins for five years and scored three career goals. <laughs> Man, that's so horrendous. But you it's played okay. with Mario Lemieux and you got three goals. Yeah, in 194 games of the Penguins, he scored three goals. But to I mean, make he's... up for it, he <laughs> had ahead. 714 penalty minutes. That's what I was going to say. He hadn't had yep. time to score goals. He was sitting in the penalty box the whole time. That's right. But that's not what Penguin fans know him for now. It is all about the telestrations, you know, those intermissions that he does. It's At the Penn's to, hub. At the hub. It is hard to not watch a Penguin game from home that is on AT&T Sportsnet and not take two seconds to appreciate. All right, let it go. All right, stop it right here. Here's what's happening. In his telestrations. I'm going to draw a line right legend. here. Yes. It is stuff of legends in Pittsburgh, and he's one that will live on in Penguin lore forever, I believe. I believe he will probably be known f- fairly well throughout the hardcore fans, but somebody that is probably going to be known for a long time is Paul Steigerwald. Steige, as you mentioned earlier. Became the Penn's radio color analyst in 1985. He worked with Mike Lang. He worked with Bob Airy. And now he's in a front office position with the Pittsburgh Penguins. So moving on up the ladder for Paul Steigerwald. He was the play-by-play announcer for the Pens from 2006 to 2017. Taking over for Mike Lang. As we already mentioned, that's got to be a tough mantle to take over for Mike Lang in any sense of the word. But Steige did it with enthusiasm a lot of people that are not Pittsburgh Penguins fans and even some Pittsburgh Penguins fans are not too big of a fan of Paul Steigerwald who knows maybe it's because of who he was taking place of but his move from the booth to a front office position opened the door for Steve Mears to jump in there and Steigerwald has had some very historic calls on his plate so it's something that ones that you cannot forget about yeah exactly he was also in the booth for that 1992 fantastic call by Mike Lang once again and just the way he tells the story of seeing Mike Lang lean back in his chair you can tell it's somebody that loves the Pittsburgh Penguins Paul Steigerwald being with this team for decade upon decade you saw in the Pittsburgh is home video this the first mention of it this episode I promise I will stop mentioning it after we're done with this March of the Penguins madness but the the motion on his face when he had to report from Badger Bob Johnson's funeral this guy gives his all for this organization that has given it all to the craft of being a sports media member. And it really shows, and it's a tremendous ode to him. He to get to move up the ladder. So Paul Steigerwald is our seven seed. We'll see what he can do against Jay and his infamous telestration. We have one matchup left or what one more. And I'm gonna let you start it off because I got a good one. 
you got me starting it off with the best. Yes, Megan. Not the second best. He is the best mascot in Pittsburgh Penguins history. There have only been two. Iceberg rounds it out at two. But Penguin Pete is the best Penguins mascot of all time. The first and only live animal mascot in NHL history. So there, he's already in the record books. And he's also one of the most tragic stories in Penn's history. Penguin Pete, may his light have shined bright, but very brief with the Pittsburgh Penguins. Only a couple weekends as he was an Ecuadorian-born penguin on loan from the Pittsburgh Zoo. And unfortunately, if you know anything about penguins at all, which apparently Jack McGregor and company did not, an Ecuadorian-born penguin is not meant to be in the cold for very long. Penguin Pete caught pneumonia, died, was stuffed, and sent to the front of the arena on display, and now just think that some Joe Schmo in the South Hills is mm-hmm. sitting there during Penn's games with Penguin Pete right next to him on the couch. On his mantle. You know it's definitely somebody from from around the Pittsburgh area that just has him in their house. He is not in a storage facility anywhere. Whoever stole him is very proud to have stolen him. Penguin Pete, the mystery lives on, and we'll see how he fares against this number two seed, who is not a Penguin, but he definitely has a rotund belly. Oh, does he ever? He is not just a Penguin fan. He's not just a radio reporter. He is a ECW, TNA, sorry, TNA legend. Mark Madden, the man, the myth, the legend, Mark Madden, the one who everyone loves to hate. But you all give him the attention he wants, and that's his thing. He's 59 years old from Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania. He's one of the original season ticket holders, according to the aforementioned Pittsburgh is home documentary that we love talking about, but he is the super genius on 105.9 X. Tom Franklin wanted him to be the number one seed in this bracket. You can't talk social media or penguin media or radio personalities in Pittsburgh without talking about the super genius, the A-team, the whatever IQ he's always boasting about, knowing everything about hockey, hating everything the Steelers and the Roonies do. He's an icon in this town, though. He will forever be remembered for everything he's ever done on radio. And really, I don't have too much else on him other than the bet. The bet that he made with Mario Lemieux. Mario Lemieux has scored a goal every way in this league, right? Every possible way that you can imagine. Exactly. Mark Madden came up with one way, though. To score off the draw. Off the face-off. He said, if you can do that, I will donate however much the money was. I forget it. 66 was involved. That much money to the Lemieux Foundation. Lemieux not only did it, but immediately turned and pointed to the press box where Madden was sitting. So he got he was able to get the best out of Lemieux. He was able to get the best out of a lot of people. Mark Madden will go down as one of the biggest names in Pittsburgh media history. A well-deserved spot in this bracket, I believe. Whether he's got direct involvement with the Penguins or not, it's hard to talk about Pittsburgh media, sports media, in the city, talk about the Penguins without mentioning his name. You mentioned that he calls himself the super genius. And and what people fail to understand is he is not calling himself a super genius because he knows everything about everything about hockey. (laughs) The reason he's calling himself a super genius is because he knows that he's playing the people that are listening and hate him. He knows that if you hate him and are still listening, he has still won. And that is why he's the super genius. Because everybody thinks that 
He's this guy that thinks he knows everything. He's not. He does know a whole lot about hockey, and he does know a whole lot about the Pittsburgh Penguins, but he calls himself the super genius because of the way that he is able to generate traffic on his station, on his website, on his blog. And that is why he's the super genius. And that is why, yes, he he, he should be in consideration for one of these spots. Mm-hmm. I, I still protest the fact that he's a two seed. And, Tom, I'm coming after you if you're the reason that it. that happened. But I think there's a couple people in this in this bracket, especially in this kind of corner here, that should be above Mark Madden, including Penguin Pete. So, for God's sakes, please vote for Penguin Pete. When these polls go out on, on Twitter sure and on will. Instagram. People do not like Mark Madden. So. Yeah, I, I, I have no doubt that he'll probably end up being close with Penguin Pete. We'll see if anybody really pushes it over the edge. But we're like, like I said, we're going to be posting these on Twitter and on Instagram at Iceberg Podcast. You know the drill. From noon on Monday to noon on Wednesday, these matchups will be available. And like I said earlier... The round of 32 starts immediately on Wednesday once the round of 64 ends. That will be from Wednesday to Friday, and then from Friday to Sunday we'll have the Sweet 16 matchups. And when we see you next week, we will be talking about the Elite 8. We will be being mm-hmm. way more opinionated than we already have been, which is pretty hard to imagine. But that will be all for this show. Before we go, Horwat, you said you got your Manscaped Care Package, your PR box. Have you yeah, used anything here. yet? No, it is all still in the wrapping in case I have to do a photo or a video of it, but it is at least open. It is cracked open. I got There's a nice little shirt, some underwear, and this nice little leather bag and a newspaper clipping that I will read. What does it say exactly? We save what? Balls. Of course you do. Thank you, Manscaped. I'm sure this will all be great to use. The crossword puzzle in there is especially fun. So. Oh, there's a crossword puzzle? Hell yes, yeah. there is. But you know what else you got in there was the Lawnmower 3.0. And if Absolutely. you need some crispy, clean balls, check out the Lawnmower 3.0. Definitely get one of those. It is a fantastic product. Also, thank you to the rest of our sponsors, CoolHockey.com, with great deals on NHL jerseys, as well as Reebok, NHL Shop, CBD Medic, Built Bar, and our newest sponsor, Hote Health, as well. But that one is only for our listeners in Canada. Sorry to everybody in the United States, but weed is not legal here yet. But for details on all of these, visit us at ContactThPN on Twitter. Also, tune into the House of Hockey podcast. Their episode three is out now with... Life of Elena, uh, excuse me, I should say at Life of Elena, who is a Pens fan from Austin, Texas. We might have to get her on the show sometime here soon. So a pretty interesting conversation that she had there. Also tune in to Tales with TR, two episodes a week, as well as the Ice Analytics podcast. Those are our three specialty podcasts. What else do you have, Horop, before we say goodbye to the folks that are listening to us? Uh, I keep writing for the Hockey Writers. I just put out a story of, uh, it was a super long one, Penguins that you forgot were Penguins. You know, highlighting the short-lived careers of guys like Sergei Zubov or Luke Robitaille that spent small parts of their illustrious careers, Hall of Fame careers, uh, in Pittsburgh that you may have totally forgotten about or not have even known about. Check that one out. I'll retweet it again. I'll do all that all that fun stuff. Um, I'm sure you can find it on the Twitter, and I'll try and have more stories coming out this month. Also, Horwat, make sure you finish the Tiger King, man. We got to talk about this. <laughs> I'll try my best. Let me know when you finish it. But that is all for this one. Follow Horwat at NickHorwat41 on Twitter. And if you so choose to, which again, I don't know why you would, follow me on Twitter at Nick underscore Berlansky. You can also follow the show's Twitter handle at Iceberg Podcast and also the Instagram at Iceberg Podcast. Go give that a follow as well. 
The tip of the iceberg can be found anywhere you get your podcast from. So please subscribe to us, rate us, let us know how we're doing and show us some support. We love hearing the feedback from all of our listeners. The tip of the iceberg is brought to you by the hockey podcast network. You could follow them on Twitter at HockeyPodNet, or you could also visit the hockey podcast network.com. Every team everywhere. We'll see you guys next week.